find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William, the medical medium. You're listening to the medical medium radio show where each week we bring the most advanced healing information about health, chronic illness especially, much of which is decades ahead of what's out there now. It could take 10, 20, 30 years for people to find answers, and we don't want that because while everybody's waiting for answers, they stay sick, things don't happen for them, they have a hard time in life in all kinds of different ways. I mean, chronic illness has never been easy for anybody. Science and research doesn't know actually much about chronic illness, and that's really sad. I mean, rocket ships can go into space, and you know we got all kinds of other different things, and there's life-saving technology and medicine without a doubt, 100%, and the men and women that work for medicine are amazing, and all of that. I mean, all of that's there, but it still doesn't, it still doesn't excuse the fact that in chronic illness, very little is known. And people get, there's 200, over 250 million Americans alone walking around with some symptom and some condition that can't be resolved, that comes and goes or stays chronically. That's the bottom line. So we, we can't be in denial. I can't just pretend. I love how these, some of these experts that are on the scene right now out there and doing their thing or selling their books or whatever. I love how they pretend chronic illness is just fine and dandy or that it's only because of this one thing because of a food. It's only because of potatoes or something stupid like that, which is ridiculous. Or it's because of something else or because of a tomato or because of whatever and don't even have a clue to over 60 varieties of Epstein-Barr virus that are mutated, that are just taunting people left and right, causing Hashimoto's thyroiditis, causing everything else under the sun. Don't even have a clue about chronic illness and people being neurofatigued. They can't even get out of bed and understanding that correctly and everything. And they just think, oh, you just eat, eat a little better and that's about it. Stay off, stay off of carbs. Unbelievable. Listen, the bottom line is this, is that we're nowhere yet in chronic illness except on this radio show where you get answers And if you apply, like in the medical medium uh, series books, if you apply it, you can move forward. I say it all the time, and I have to keep on saying it because it's that serious. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, so look out. Listen, this show is about baby liver, something I call baby liver. It's in the Liver Rescue book. And it's a really an important show because we're talking about babies, infants, we're talking about toddlers, we're talking about children. It's a really, really important show. And um, it's something that you can't miss out. So stay, just stay with, with me on this show because it's important. You might know somebody. If you don't have a child, you might know somebody who does. You know, you might have a sister who does or a brother who does or, or a loved one, family member and so forth. So it's always good to have this information on hand. I'm talking about pandas today. I'm talking about jaundice. I'm talking about baby liver. I'm talking about acid reflux with babies. Yeah, I'm talking about acid reflux with babies. That's pretty cool too. I mean, these things are all important. And, um, and really, I mean, there's not a lot known out there and I'm going to go into it why and how and the whole bit. And sure, I mean, this is going to be a good show. So, but it's not a show for the faint of heart because we're talking about babies. We're talking about, I don't want moms thinking that, you know, it's their fault or anything else. And that's one thing that happens because it's not mom's fault. So what happened is, what happens is that, you know, we get told that, you know, the breast milk isn't good. That's something that happens all the time. Oh, you know, the breast milk isn't good. This is why the baby has acid reflux or this is why the baby has GERD or whatever it is. It's because the breast milk changed the change out the food, the whole bit, get formula, all this stuff, and the mom thinks it's her fault. And it's not. 
It has nothing to do with that. So I'm going to go into that too. That's just a little something we're going to cover, which is really important. So there's, I mean, honestly, this is a really important show. So let's go into it. So, I mean, we come into this world. Here's, here's what has to be known and understood, okay? We come into this world with compromised livers. We come in here with compromised livers. I'm just being straight up. I'm just telling you right now. And so when we think of infants coming into life like with a clean slate, the truth is not entirely Okay, and I mean not entirely, and I'll tell you why. The truth is that that a developing baby's liver takes on the past. It takes on the past in utero. It takes on the past, and even at the moment, it that that the baby's conceived. Here's the thing: we inherit all of these poisons, all of these toxins, things that I call troublemakers. In the the Liver Rescue book, things that I call troublemakers, a whole bunch of different kinds, and we inherited them. They get they get passed down. It's not genetic; has nothing to do with genes. It's literally being passed down, and so we have to realize that any poison or any pathogen that an ancestor has carried can end up in our liver before we're born. Okay, I'm going to repeat that again. Any kind of poison, any kind of toxic chemical, yes. Any kind of toxin, yeah. Any kind of pesticide, any kind of heavy metal, uh-huh. Any kind of pathogen, hence viral, virus, anything like that, okay, can end up in our liver as we're sitting in the womb. We're not even birthed yet. And not to mention... Early standard medical treatments at the same time can fill a newborn's liver. Early standard medical treatments that mommies get, right, when the baby's in the womb, can fill the baby's liver with poisons and all kinds of different toxins. So we have to think about that. Just you have to kind of think about that a little bit. So instead of being born with their livers functioning at 100%, uh uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. Our livers aren't functioning at 100% when we're born. You would think so. You would totally think so. Seriously, you would. But it's, it doesn't work like that. So it, instead of being born with their livers at 100%, like centuries ago, okay, centuries ago, or even born with a liver at working at 90% or 95%, okay? I mean, that's that's centuries ago. The average healthy person today, so the average healthy person today is born with a liver running at best, at best tops 70%, at best tops And, you know, and so that's just the bottom line. And I'm saying a healthy situation. And, you know, since we don't learn how to take care of our livers because we're not taught how to take care of our livers whatsoever, it's why I had to put out Liver Rescue. I was like, you know what? People need to finally know how you can take care of your liver. If you don't have a copy, go go to the bookstore, get a copy. Um, Can't afford a copy or whatever it is. $15, $18, $15, $18, I forget what it is. Just go go to the library and get one. 
definitely go there and get one. So the deal is, is that in somebody's lifetime, the percentage gradual, gradually drops. So as we go into adulthood and everything else, so that 70%, you guys, that 70% turns in 65%, 65%, 55%, 50%, 45%, 45%, 35%. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works. So it drops over the course of somebody's lifetime. For some, more quickly than others, depending on exposures and all kinds of different exposures. Don't worry, we're talking about babies still, and we've got a lot to cover. This is going to be good. But I can only cover a fraction of what's in liver rescue as much as we're going to cover. We're going to cover a lot, but there's that much in liver rescue. So um, I can only do so much in this, this one hour. So it can already start to reduce early on in life. And early early liver trouble can turn into mystery health conditions that arise in babies and children, bloating, babies that are bloated, children, toddlers that are bloated, like bloating. What is that? The pediatrician doesn't know what that is. And there's all the bloating. That's the liver. That's just an example. Gastric distress, another example. It's not uncommon, okay, for newborns not to be able to take liquids, whether in a breast milk or breast milk or formula. And they and they get chronic acid reflux, right? You probably you, you probably know. I mean, you're you're coming to the show to hear this for a reason, and you might have a baby that's gone through that or going through that. So what happens is when a baby's intestinal tract is freshly, de- freshly developed, okay, and the baby receives like a food supply because it's the first time it's receiving nutrients orally. So that's how it works. It's a major digestive disruption, okay? It can really be, it can be a shock to the system. It, and that's how it has to be anyway because babies have to thrive. They have to grow up. They have to be, they, it just, they have to develop. It just has to work like this, of course. But and, and sometimes a baby could spit up the whole bit, and frequently it becomes alarming to mom. You go to the doctor's office the whole bit. The doctor can diagnose the problem as acid reflux, in many cases offer a acid reflux and acid reflux medication. So yeah. But that doesn't solve something. That doesn't solve actually a lot at all. It doesn't solve the question of, What's really causing the problem, okay? And, and I have to tell you something, Randis, because i got to tell you something about this. I know a lot of pediatricians, and I've, I've known a lot of pediatri- pediatricians over the years. And I'm going to tell you right now, most every, most every pediatrician dreads the visit because medical and research and science you know, doesn't really understand acid reflux, infant acid reflux. It's a complete mystery, complete mystery. And there's not not a lot to offer except for antacids. So there's not a lot offered. I mean, there's theories. So what are the theories? Have you heard some of the theories out there? Because I'm going to give you the theories that are out there. I'm going to give you theories when I talk to pediatricians. I'm going to give you the theories that, you know, that are out there. And maybe I miss one. Maybe I got them all. I don't know. Maybe you know one. So I want to, you know, I almost want to like, hey, do you know one? I mean, right? So check this out, you guys. So they got some theories, all right? 
So there's a theory there's a theory that the baby's intestinal tract or stomach hasn't developed properly. So that's a theory. You know, maybe it's or maybe it's kinked or isn't kinked right or isn't set right. So that's a theory all on its own right there. I'm just letting you know. So that's a theory all on its own. So um and there's other theories too. So it's it's stopping it's 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 difficulty developing. So it's it's in kinked right. Another theory that the intestinal tract is so soft, so pliable that sitting at a certain angle or something puts a pressure on the duodenum or the top of the small intestinal tract. You know, and this can create kind of like a slight impediment that can cause acid reflux. I mean, that's a theory too. You know, in, in like almost in almost all cases, the pediatrician will probably say your baby will grow out of it, and most of the time, most of the time, you know, that's it. The baby does, it does pass. You know, within a week, and sometimes the doctor will be like, "Look, the baby might grow out of it within a week, a month, or a year," and um, you know, the GERD symptoms will dissipate. And that happens, but what never, ever, ever goes away, and I'm going to tell you right now, what never goes away, because this, and this never goes away, okay? I know I'm, I'm, I'm baiting you on this one a little bit. I feel bad. But what never, ever goes away is the conundrum of why it happened in the first place. Unbelievable. That never, ever goes away. And that drives me nuts, I have to tell you. You know, in some cases, if the baby was nursing when the problem developed, the the mom gets the blame for the breast milk. So the breast milk blame game, which is actually disheartening and then some. That's a really disheartening theory. I don't like that theory at all, especially if the acid reflux or the GERD symptoms were about to start getting better anyway. And then the mom was told it was her breast milk. So she held that off. And then a week after being on formula or something else, the baby still has, of course, the mass reflux. And then it starts to dissipate. And they're like, oh, see, it was because a little time passed and you didn't use your breast milk. And that becomes the big, the biggest brain mess up ever. And that's a big deal on its all on its own. So... That's a major confusion. So the mom gets the blame, and really for no reason. You know, this disheartening theory is, is one of the ones that I just don't really like because it's, it causes a switch over to formula and then to another. If that's not happening or working or if the timing isn't right, then that's not happening, and that's not good. You know, maybe the acid reflux doesn't go away. It's so many babies and moms, so I've seen that for a long time. But the mom's blamed and she thinks her breast milk has gone bad or, I mean, is bad for the baby. Over and over again, I see that all the time. And it's a guessing game and confusion after that and a lot of fear. And, you know, the mom has to build back her confidence to use breast milk again. It's really, really disturbing. It really is. So, I mean, we're on acid reflux, we're on digestive issues right now. We're talking about in this show called Baby Liver. If you just logged on, um, that's what we're talking about. So what's really behind all of it? it? That's a good question, right? What's really behind a baby's acid reflux? And I'll tell you what it is. It's the liver and gallbladder. It's the baby's liver and gallbladder. It's a sign of what I call, I call baby liver. 
It's and that's not something called out there. I mean, all the advanced information is that, that that's out there on chronic illness and everything else is from the medical medium series. I'm reading out of Liver Rescue. If you guys just popped on, but the point is, is I call it baby liver. Okay, and there's a lot of things that I put out there over the years that are actually being used. You know that you know that, and I'm hoping that this one will too. So. Babies can get help, moms can get help, moms can get relief, more can be understood, we can protect our babies better. That's the goal. It's so critical and it's important for this planet, it's important for families, it's important for life, it's important for everything. So this is what I call baby liver and it's liver and gallbladder issues. It's a sign that the liver is struggling at the beginning and that's what a pediatrician is supposed to say. So a pediatrician is supposed to say, oh, we got a liver issue. We have a liver issue. That's what a pediatrician is supposed to be saying. Right off the running on that. That's where we need to be. So, you know, right from the beginning, right from the beginning. And it's because of inherited, inherited and it's not mom's fault. No, it's not. Inherited problems. And I'm going to go into that a little bit. So a baby's liver is struggling to produce its first rounds of guess what? Bile. So that's what it's about. The baby's liver is struggling to produce its first rounds of bile. It's very important to know. Now, um, babies' livers do not have to produce a large amount of bile. They don't. They're not supposed to at the beginning. Very, very, very little. And there's a reason. I'm going to go into that a little bit. Very little. But it's still needed. That very tiny, tiny, tiny little bit is still needed. So important. So important. So baby livers do not produce a lot of bile at the beginning. They only need tiny amounts because breast milk is almost all sugar. It's almost all sugar. Yes, it's almost all sugar water is what it is. A baby needs hydration. It's critical. Breast milk is water and sugar with traces of protein, traces of fat. But it's the bulk of it. The major, major bulk of it is sugar and water. So that's important, carbohydrate and water. There's a reason for that. The brain is made out of glycogen, carbohydrates. By the way, newsflash, the brain is not made out of fat. (laughs) Newsflash, brain is made out of connective tissue built off of glycogen. Once again, the trends out there and high-fat this and high-fat diets, fats are good for your brains and everything else. Yep, let's, let's choke down another, another bad, 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 bad disinformation, misinformation, whatever you want to call it, you know, junk, junk information, junk science created by, you know, uh, people who want to build empires on selling things and everything, whatever, just whatever you want to call it. And then it's ridiculous. But the bottom line is, is breast milk is made out of sugar, so very little bit very little bit of fat. So at the beginning, the liver's not supposed to produce a lot of bile for a baby. Very little. 
So important to understand with all of this, and you'll never hear it anywhere. I still don't hear it anywhere. I, you can't find it anywhere. I had to put it in the book. I had to use it. I had to use the, the source I've been gifted with to get this out there because it's just, it's just nothing's happening out there. It's really sad. So it's important to know there's a liver issue, and the reason why that's important to know, why? So as the baby's developing and getting months older, and getting year older, other things we can avoid. Eczema psoriasis, baby eczema psoriasis, which is rampant right now. Rashes, pandas, anything, jaundice, anything. Not even just any of that. Bloating, constipation. Three-year-olds are bloating and constipation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how it works. So, I mean, we can avoid when we know what's happening at the beginning. Moms like to know what's going on. They like to plan. They like to not be in the dark. They don't like being in the dark. That's where chronic illness is or anything is. That's where it's about when it comes down to medicine. Mommy stay in the dark. That's the whole point. And, and that's just the way it works. Oh, and here, by the way, here's medication for the baby. Oh, and here's a whatever for the baby. And here's this for the baby. Make sure you get the routine scheduled, you know, things for the baby. Come back, get, get more and more. Meanwhile, there's no answers ever met, like properly, like understood. There's no anything behind anything besides a couple of theories about why a baby has acid reflux. There's no understanding about the bloating and the constipation. There's all of that. And this is where we are. It's very, it's a difficult place. It's a difficult world. It's almost like our babies get kind of, you know, they get ejected out. And it's like, you try to survive now. Because guess what? Science and research isn't going to be there unless it's some kind of life-saving issue. Like, you know, epileptic shock or something like that. Or, or you know, something and, you know, fall off a swing set and break an arm, break a leg. Um, you know, concussion. All these things that, that, that yeah, all of us have been through. And then the babies go through and toddlers go through. And that's what's amazing about science and research. We have a lot of that. We have a lot of that. But, but other than that, it's like, oh, you're on, you're, you're on your own. You're on your own. And moms, just stay in the dark. It's, it's, it's amazing how it works. So, so the whole thing is that human breast milk, okay, is very little fat in it because there's a reason because the liver doesn't produce bile very little. So that's the reason. Very little that's needed to break down, digest, or disperse any fat. So this is important. You know, it's also structured in a way that can coexist with sugar. So check this out. Breast milk is all sugar. But see, Sugar and fat combined causes insulin resistance. There's very little information even on that amazing fact alone, amazing truth alone. That's why people get a little better when they get rid of junk sugar in their high-fat diets. Because if they put junk sugar in their high-fat diet, they get insulin resistance. Technically, they're supposed to put good carbohydrates in their diet and remove the fats. That's what they're supposed to do. That's, but nobody does that because the information's not out there. I mean, I just saw something headlining on a health magazine recently saying fats are good for the liver, helps you burn fat more. Learn about it. Oh my God. Fats destroy the liver, make it into a fatty liver, weaken your bioreserves, kill your hydrochloric acid, 
okay, injure the liver, feed pathogens inside the liver, age you faster, give you strokes down the road and heart attacks, no matter how good shape you are in, you just die of a heart attack at age 50 and everything else. And that's what fats do with the liver. And meanwhile, that's in a magazine with a very, very prominent so-called somebody in the figure of whatever medicine. And that's, that's where we're at. We're still in backwards land. Unbelievable. So, and I'm not saying you don't have to, you can't ever eat a fat. It's not it at all. So the breast milk has fats and sugars in it so that they can coexist together though. The reason why, very little fat, lots of sugar, and the sugar in breast milk is kind of like avocado where there is fat in avocado and sugar in avocado, but they don't cause insulin resistance on their own in avocado because the sugar is designed to work with that fat. Same thing with breast milk. Advanced information doesn't exist anywhere. Just letting you know, I have to remind everybody about that because I heard people just, they all of a sudden go on and they start, you know, go on the internet and they start typing and stuff like, I don't understand where he got this. Where did he get this? You know, and it's, I'm, I'm letting you know you're hearing it for the first time. So they work together for a reason. And it's, it's important to know that. Because they, they won't clash. So the breast milk is, is all carbohydrate, very little fat. The fat that's in there is meant not to clash. This is how it works. So, so the bottom line. So let's, let's keep on going here. Babies' stomachs only produce small, tiny, not because they're a baby and they're tiny. That's not it. Tiny amounts if you ratioed the size of a baby and ratioed what versus the size of a, an adult and then hydrochloric acid for an adult and then you ratioed that to a baby and then hydrochloric acid for a baby, it should be the same ratio you would think. Of course, you know, baby's smaller, but the ratio should be smaller. Uh, you, you know, an adult's uh, bigger, so the ratio should be bigger. But it's not like that. It's not. It doesn't work like that. A baby's hydrochloric acid output in the stomach is really tiny, really small versus what it should be if you were matching it to a, an adult is what I mean. Now, don't get confused by that and say, oh, of course, adult's going to produce so much more. Look, a big adult. is No, that's not what I mean. I mean the ratio, not the exact amount, the ratio of what it is, how it works, percentages regardless. And it would be like something equivalent to a healthy adult say, you know, producing a lot of, say a healthy adult and then a healthy adult producing, their stomach producing, say, you know, 80% of hydrochloric acid, okay, to a healthy adult. And then a baby, you would think it would be 80%, but just a small amount for, to match the baby. No, it's like 5%. That's what I mean. So, um, the baby's stomach only produces small, tiny amounts of hydrochloric acid at the beginning. You know why? Because there's barely any protein in breast milk because that's what the hydrochloric acid's for. It's to break down proteins. So there's very little at the beginning. But if you got a liver problem, it's even worse. That's where we go wrong. I'm, I'm letting you know why babies have acid reflux, bloating, and all kinds of other different conditions and how it lasts and stays lasting all through to toddler, childhood, all of it. Important to know. I mean, teenagers have low hydrochloric acid and low bile production, and they're bloating. All kinds of other problems, constipation, everything else under the sun. Very important to know. So <clears throat> breast milk is very low in protein, and the protein it does contain 
is more assimilatable than any other protein on the planet. Since breast milk is basically nourishing sugar water, that's how it works. And sugar is the pre-digested factor. That's how it works. Living breast milk. Basically what that is, is living breast milk, not pasteurized breast milk. Living breast milk is what I'm trying to say. Is pre-digestible, pre-digested. A baby doesn't need to use hardly any digestion whatsoever to break it down on any level. Very little hydrochloric acid is needed. Very little bile is needed. But with that said, moms and dads and everybody else, with that said, with little bile and hydrochloric acid that a baby does need to produce, okay, to produce is still important. When a baby's liver is weak from the start, it can create those digestive issues right from the start, causing that acid reflux, right from the start, causing those problems. Because a baby's liver translate to a baby, the whole thing, a digestive issue means the baby's liver has low underproducing bile and low hydrochloric acid. That's what it means and that's what it translates to. So when a baby's liver is sluggish or stagnant right from the beginning because the baby is born with toxins, toxins, poisons, and then also additional medical standard medical treatments from birth all happen and continuing through early life, the bile and hydrochloric acid can diminish more, diminish more, and diminish more. And with little fat and protein, there are in the breast milk, the baby still can have a really hard time on a micro scale. And then the GERD-like symptoms. And then guess what? Complete and total mystery to doctors. Complete and total, utter mystery to doctors. It's not doctor's fault either. It's not the doctor's fault. It's great doctors. It's great doctors. It's just not the doctor's fault. Important to know. So let's get that. So that's the whole thing with acid reflux and everything about it. So why am I, why am I, you know, I mean, you want to do, you want to do the breast milk, of course, you want to do all that, but I'm giving the information out because as the baby's able to eat, we still have low hydrochloric acid and we still have low bile production. It's not like that goes away, goes away, even if the acid reflux goes away, even if symptoms of GERD goes away, there's still an underlying condition of a liver going on. So, so, so that's when other things matter as, as, as your baby's growing up, developing, growing up. It's very important. Child's growing up. So that's why I'm talking about that. And that's why it's important to get foods a little bit better as they're growing up. It's important to get the liver cleaned up a little bit. You can, you can do that with children. You can without putting them through a cleanse or without putting them through any kind of difficult cleanse or any kind of anything like that. But there's ways of actually like a little bit of celery juice, believe it or not. And there's babies drinking celery juice. On my Instagram page, there's babies drinking celery juice. It's that, believe it or not, helps heal high, low hydrochloric acid, can stop bloating for toddlers down the road and for you know, children before the age of 10. All this is important. And I talk all, all about that in Liver Rescue. Let's go into... 
Let's go into jaundice. That's interesting. So let's go into that. We'll cover, we'll go and cover that. Everybody ready? You got your seatbelts on? <laughs> this is important. So, so if a baby has yellow skin, yellow tongue, eyes, doctors instantly, you know, instantly know they're dealing with a liver problem, right? So they instantly know that. So that's, that's actually fantastic. They know that it's a liver problem, but they won't connect the dots. They won't connect the dots. It's amazing how it works. See, there's a theory with jaundice in newborns. Let me give you the theory. Maybe you know another theory, but I'm going to give you one of the theories that are out there, okay? And this is only a theory. You got to remember that, that a baby's liver is so brand new, it hasn't developed enough to fully handle the normal liver responsibilities. You know, dispersing red blood cells, detoxifying red blood cells. And that's the theory. Guess what? That's not what jaundice is. It's not. Jaundice is actually the baby's liver trying to overcome a highly toxic, a highly toxic load to rev its engines and function in the face of all kinds of obstacles that are not understood by research and science. Because early medical treatments the babies first receive are some of the obstacles. The others are all kinds of inherited troublemakers in the family line, just like I was saying before. That's how it works. Jaundice means we got a sick liver and we have lots of toxins, lots of poisons, either happening in the moment somehow, either through some kind of medical treatment. I don't know. I mean, whatever medical treatment that could happen. And then I mean, maybe you guys know of, of different medical treatments that could happen right off the running. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Maybe you guys know. And then, and then you know, and then on top of that, all the inherited poisons, toxins going all the way back. This becomes the major obstacle for the baby's liver to do what it needs to do. In the doctor's eyes, the, the liver's clean as clean slate. Baby's newborn liver should be nothing wrong, kind of like a new car. You go buy a new car, got a clean engine, you pop the hood, there's no grease on the, on the hood. Your hands don't even get dirty when you pop the hood on a new car. I mean, it's just, it, it just you don't. It's unbelievable. You know, that was a revelation that I experienced, that I experienced. I remember my friend got a new car and, you know, he wanted me to pop the hood. And I went there and I, I was popping the hood and I expected to have greasy hands like from my car. So I like, you know, I threw the hood up there and I dusted my hands off. It was like clean. It was like, that's a clean slate. This is a brand new car. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so what <laughs> it's really amazing. So the bottom line is doctors think, hey, the baby's liver should be clean slate. Just all fine. Jaundice is a baby's liver in shock, trying to start up and rev up with undiscovered, because here's the thing, science and research only think that, you know, our livers have 500 chemical functions. Our livers have over 2,000 chemical functions. 
Okay, and, and a baby's liver is trying to rev up and it's in shock and it's trying to start up in those 2,000 chemical functions. And guess what? It's short-circuiting. You know, imagine a farmer goes out to the field and tries to start up an old tractor that he or she hasn't used in years. You know, as she turns the ignition, the engine pops and fizzes. It's kind of like the same thing. You know, it's... it's it, it's amazing how it works because what's happening is the baby receives all these poisons and toxins and build up all through the in the pregnancy phase all through the pre- pregnancy phase it's unbelievable newborns don't come in with clean livers they come in with dirty livers the inherited toxins from conception and in the womb it could be literally the parents' diet, sure, from 20 years ago. It could be poisons that have been passed on from generations to generations, from mom, from grandparents and their, their parents, their parents. It could be DDT, pesticides from 100 years ago. It could be anything that gets in the system. Number of factors, number of petroleum, plastics. It can go on and on and on. The, you know, the medical establishment never has a reason to look, doesn't want to. They don't have a reason to look in the past because its theory is that jaundice is just a newborn's liver that hasn't caught up to speed on any level yet. Yeah. And since jaundice eventually, you know, dissipates, the red blood cells detox for most children, most all, and the overabundance of bilirubin kind of, you know, calms down and reduces What's really happening, you know, that most babies, they had this, you know, major initial startup and struggle, initial struggling, their livers are able to overcome all those non-peaceful obstacles and troublemakers that are inside the liver and accept a balance pretty quickly. That's how amazing and incredible our livers are. And then it causes it to disappear that's how it works. That's how it works. And so, but it doesn't mean complications in the future don't go away. And that's why I'm doing the show. That's why I did the liver rescue book. There's a section in here for children and babies because it doesn't mean the problem's gone away. It just means constipation could come, eczema psoriasis come when the, when the, when the child's 12 years old, 13 years old, and nobody knows why. It's just, it's endless. It's endless, and it's all about prevention. You know, I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. Preventative, preventative, prevention, prevention, prevention for this, prevention for cancer, prevention for everything. I totally am on board. I love that. I love prevention more than anything, but I don't see it. I don't see it out there. I don't see prevention out there. I have to put it in the medical medium series. I don't see prevention out there. Really, I don't. Not really. I mean, if you really, you know, look it up and chalk it up and it's, you really kind of like write it up or see it out there or add it up, I mean, and it's just, it, there really isn't. And that's, I mean, it's amazing how it works. So the bottom line is, the bottom line is then bloating can happen. Then other things can happen. Other signs can happen. Candida, the whole thing that happens, the Dawson doctors say that, and then celiac, but really, is it celiac or is it a liver problem? It's a liver problem. It's a liver problem. Or the children get diagnosed with parasites when it's a liver problem. 
it's it's a liver problem. It's unbelievable. It's a weak liver. Yeah, could have a parasite in a weak liver, but that's because the liver's weak and the liver's immune system is low. The liver's immune system is low. But nobody's addressing that. And that's the sad part. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, okay, the bottom line. There's a reason that the toxins from the past are completely off the radar of medical research and science. And there's a reason that livers are completely off the radar of medical research and science. The babies are born with compromised livers all the time. There's a reason it's off the radar. I'm going to tell you right now, if the inherited poisons we received from our forebears were identified, you guys, if you only knew the amount of industrial chemicals we sit inside of us going back 200 years, 250 years, if you only knew what's in there, not just the heavy metals and everything else, if they were identified and cataloged, each poison, each toxin, all the way from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, from forefathers, from even before, even in our lifetime, if they were categorized, the chemical companies, all of it, all of the, all of the, the patented chemicals, the thousands and thousands of patented chemicals that are in our system every day, in our reservoirs and not even looked at, if all of it was identified, the crap falling out from the sky, coming out of planes, I'm not talking about jet fuel. I'm talking about planes dropping stuff out on top of communities. I'm talking about all of this. If it was all categorized, cataloged, documented properly, all the way down to every chemical factory that produced a, a uh, signature chemical, and how far back in history created each toxic chemical going all the way back in each toxic solution and that it ended up in our everyday environment going generations, not to mention in our generation right now from pesticides sprayed on our grandparents' lawns to in our parks when we're pregnant and we're laying in a park on the lawn to literally nanotechnology and material sprayed on manufactured items that we're, we're sitting on in plastics and even viruses that have fed on all of this. Every mom, I'm telling you right now, every single mom on this planet would have a new cause to fight for. You wouldn't believe what the fight would be. You would not believe what the fight would be. It would be the biggest fight you'd ever seen on the face of this planet. Moms would unite and get together across the planet and they would never stand for this. And that's why this is not talked about. And that's why it's off the radar of research and science because research and science, medical research and science isn't truly designed to protect moms and children and it never was and it never was. Sure, life-saving medicine and it's incredible and the people that work for it, incredible and the pediatricians, incredible but the industry itself was never truly meant to really protect moms and children. If it was, none of this would be overlooked. In fact, so many other things would never be overlooked ever, ever, ever. It would be literally importance of the most important 
And that's why there's a reason why it's completely off the radar, the medical research and science radar, that babies are born with compromised livers all the time because this is why, I'm telling you right now, it's not that there's dumb people working in these industries. They are smart as heck. You think they can't figure out that we got compromised livers? You think literally all of them can't figure out that the babies have compromised livers that are going back generations and this is why? You think I'm the only one that could figure it out? Someone's got to figure it out and someone's got to know. Someone has to be smart enough. I can't be the smartest guy in the world because I'm not. I'm actually far from it exactly. Far from it. So what's going on then? And because I'll tell you why. Moms would truly make the change happen. They would. Knowing that her baby had been hindered in part. Knowing that mom's babies have been hindered in part. But what had collected in the liver from literally transpired down from parents' livers and their grandparents' livers and even their livers, the mom's livers and their great-grandparents' livers, Without their consent, without their consent, one bit on any level given, no consent whatsoever, literally patented chemicals by the thousands going all the way back that reside causing everything from birth defects, causing everything that isn't genetic. And can I tell you one thing, that instead it's all said to be genes, 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 genes for a reason because it hides all of this so everybody stays in the dark and once again the moms stay in the dark and never get answers for anything. And that's why I put out liver rescue because I can't stand it anymore. And that's why, because it's heartbreaking. And knowing that these industries, I'm telling you right now, if moms knew that these industries were, re- were literally behind the, 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 all the different babies emergency room visits, the mom staying up late at night with no sleep, Each mom would demand that the rightful sources be held accountable. Every single mom on the planet would demand that they were held accountable, 100%. There would be hell to pay. I promise you that there would be hell to pay. There would be, without a doubt. Medical research and science want no part of unleashing this. They don't, and they never will. They never will. It would be their greatest nightmare because we're talking about billions of mama bears. We're talking about billions of mama, mama's bears. Mama bears. We're talking about that. That's what we're talking about. It would be their greatest nightmare. And, with, and, and they need the gene theory to keep everybody calm. Oh, it's your genes. It's your genes. It only makes sense. You have the same hair color as your forefather. Oh, it only makes sense. You got the same nose as, you know, whatever. Oh, wait, here's a new gene mutation, which is uh, actually not accurate. I even talk about gene, gene mutations in this book right here. Unbelievable. And the other theory, the body's attacking itself, all set up so moms can never know the truth. So when moms get sick with all kinds of chronic illness, they think their body's attacking itself. I talk about that in thyroid healing, if you want to know the truth about that whole thing. They need these theories to lean on because the body isn't attacking itself. They need these theories to lean on so that people can lean on them and feel like they're not in the dark. Because the medical industry does not want to be held accountable to moms and babies for the first time in history. For the first time in history. I swear to God, they'd be held accountable for the first time in history. So we got a little bit more to cover. Pandas, let's go into that a little bit. Another confusion in medicine. It's all about strep, right? They got that. That's only one little aspect of it. Pandas isn't just about strep. Pandas, 
with, the thing is with pandas, something really important that nobody understands, okay? Strep is a co-infection. It's a co-infection. Strep cannot create OCD, twitches, acute attacks, ticks, it can spasms. It cannot create that. It cannot create any of that. See, only neurotoxins can, and babies are notoriously exposed to mercury. Notoriously exposed to mercury or have mercury inside of them already passed on from generation built up because mercury builds on itself and it builds up. Strep is not strep is 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 present and takes the blame, but it's the cofactor to the very virus that actually causes pandas, which is HHV6, human herpes viral 6, the very thing that creates roseola. It's rashes and different kinds of rashes. Doctors won't even diagnose it as roseola. They'll just diagnose it as, shoot, that's a strep rash. Oh, this is strep. Kids have and babies have strep always in their system, and it can come up if tested properly or seen properly. It can come up. Strep is always around. There's so many different groups of strep. But it's HHV6. It's human herpes viral 6. It's a viral condition. Sometimes even EBV, sometimes HHV7. These are smaller cases, but the, but the HHV6 is behind pandas. But they're not going to go there. They can't because it's a whole other problem that occurs. So it's just blamed on strep. It's amazing. Strep is a cofactor bacteria. It's a bacteria. It doesn't have a neurotoxin. It doesn't produce the neurotoxin. I had to put this information out for the first time ever. I did it in medical medium in the medical medium books. I still have to do it now, but I'm doing it in greater detail in liver rescue. If you want to know more about pandas, I have it all written in here. But the point is... That strep infections, they happen to be nearby because strep takes advantage of a lowered immune system. What happens is viruses that create neurotoxins that cause pandas and sickness actually need the virus around it. The virus, I mean, actually need the strep bacteria around it. They work together. They're basically cohorts. They actually work together. There's a reason. Strep infections happen to prosper because the immune system lowers because of a viral infection. This is how it works. And so strep is not only the cofactor to, say, EBV, which does pandas too. That's why so many different symptoms vary. So many different cases vary. It's unbelievable. But it's seriously the cofactor to HHV6, the very cause of most pandas cases. It's classic for the medical industry to blame it all on strep and the body attacking itself, though. It would be a little bit more fitting or a lot more fitting or even a little bit more fitting, okay, if the industry, medical industry, blamed pandas on strep and mercury because mercury plays a role because it's all about HHV6 feeding off of mercury. That's the whole thing behind pandas, creating a neurotoxin, creating tick spasms, OCD, speech issues, and everything else. That's how it works. But it's completely avoided. It would be completely accurate. It would be completely accurate if the industry, the medical industry, blamed pandas on HHV6 or another virus feeding on mercury, creating a neurotoxin. That's the accuracy. And that right there, you're only going to hear here. Sure. And you know what? They might come out with it down the road when I'm long gone. Absolutely. They've already done that. Why I'm still here with a few things that I put out and it's the source was me only. But the point is, is that's what it's all about. The rashes associated with pandas come from dermatoxins also exploding from the HHV virus, HHV6 virus, because the HHV6 virus has a feeding frenzy on mercury. I wonder where kids get mercury. 
Huh. Yeah, they get it from, you know, from the past and sometimes from present. They're viral toxins that surface to the skin, causing rashing. And the medical communities associate with the strep and say it's strep-related. It's unbelievable how in the dark we still are. It's incredible, actually, how in the dark we still are. I mean, seriously, why do I have to be the one to have to bring all the information out all the time on all of this stuff? It's really getting exhausting. I just want people to get the answer so they can protect themselves. It's so important because when you protect yourself, you can live a better life. You can live a better life. I mean, it's so important. By the way, scarlet fever is not even bacterial. Scarlet fever is viral. That's EBV 100% feeding off of deposits of mercury in the liver and elsewhere. That's a neurotoxin and dermatoxin that causes a scarlet fever rash. You know, the medical establishment knows about HHV-6 causing roseola. They know about that. They kind of keep that just in the dark still, but they know about it. They know about that. Exactly. Medicine is not focused with, you know, medicine is not focused enough. I just don't understand. So, you know, the jerks, the tics, the spasms, the OCD, all of it, they don't associate it with that, with roseola rash when they do diagnose it as roseola and HHV6. Because they say, oh, that's a virus. That can't cause this. Meanwhile, there's the viruses, neurotoxins that are the only thing that can cause pandas. It's the only thing. And the dermatoxin coming from the virus, which you talk about in thyroid healing too, and also in liver rescue right here, of course, I talk about it here. It just so happens with pandas, medical research and science are focused on strep, which is merely a co-infection and not the cause or trigger of neurological symptoms for pandas to develop. A child must have high levels of mercury inside the body from some source or another. If mercury weren't there, chances are the viral explosion would not even erupt so early in a child's life. It would come later on like it does in adults. That's what happens too. And I covered that all in like the medical medium series and everything. So the truth is liver problems are from a lot of poisons. They get passed on down the line. I'm just telling you right now, it's not genetic pathogens and poisons. And we can do a lot about it. We can learn about it, know what to do, all of it. And so the bottom line is, it's about moving forward as the children grow up and the babies grow up and protecting them in every way and, and making sure, yes, the foods are right, making sure. In Liver Rescue, I outline a whole bunch of supplements for babies, baby, baby conditions and stuff and all of that in a, in a lot of direction for pandas and everything else. And you talk to your pediatrician, get them on board or get her on board. You know, get, 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 get your pediatrician on board, get your doctor on board. And, you know, bring liver rescue in and say, look, can I do any of this or whatever? I mean, and, and protect your babies in the whole bit. I love you guys dearly. This has been a really good show. There's more about babies inside liver rescue. If you're interested, um, pick up a copy, go to Amazon or a bookstore, or just go to the library if you can't afford one right now. And just take one day at a time and know I love you and care and bless your heart. And we'll, we'll do this together. We'll get through life together. I'm just glad I have you guys with me. I really adore you, love you, and talk soon. All right, take care. See you next time. See you next show. We're going to do a great show next time. All right, bye.